All right, welcome to the Simple Ways to Have a Good Life podcast. My name is James. I've spent the last 20 years helping people in one way or another, and this podcast is where I take everything I've learned and I share it with you. So I sent out a poll in my newsletter not too long ago asking people, you know, I I felt like once a week was a little too often for me. You know, doing a, a newsletter and a podcast every week just felt like a lot. And so I asked people, you know, should it stay once a week? Should it go monthly? Should it go every other week? You know, I gave them a range of options. I even gave a once every 10 year option where you get just like a super long newsletter from me and one person chose that. So I'm saving up every all the work I do and I'm going to email it to them in 10 years. But the 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 overwhelming consensus was that every two weeks would be good. They found it really valuable. And so they didn't want to go once a month. But a lot of people told me they actually like like kind of sift through what I send them and they use the journal prompts. And so every two weeks would give them a chance to kind of like really just dig into it. So that blew me away. It it felt really good to know that people were invested and really like taking the time to kind of like really, really make it useful. This, these words that I send out there. And, And it's something I take really seriously. Like if somebody invests their time and their energy in me, if they give me any of their time and energy, that means something to me. And so I'd been thinking that I wanted to do a series. And as I tried to think of like, what would be the most useful thing I could share with everybody? The, the idea of, of our thoughts, of what goes on in our mind and how our mind makes such a mess of things, how our thoughts make such a mess of things, really seemed to me the most valuable thing I could offer because it's helped me so much. I've seen it help so many people. So this is the first in a, in a series where we're talking about our thoughts. We're going to, it'll, it'll go, it'll like alternate, you know, podcast, newsletter, podcast, newsletter, since they each go out every other Monday. And we're just going to kind of take a deep dive into our thoughts and the role they play in our suffering and look at what we can do about that. So if you're interested in the newsletter, I'll put a link in the show notes to, uh, to the landing page where you can sign up. And when you sign up, like literally all you get from me is the newsletter. I I don't share your email address with other people. I don't um I don't I don't spam you with stuff. It's it's honestly just to get my newsletter. So I'll put that in the show notes. And so what I wanted to talk about today is kind of why we're talking about our thoughts so much. And that is because your thoughts determine the quality of your life. I've seen this over and over in my own life. I've seen it in the lives of others. I know some people who have really what would seem like picture perfect lives they 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 don't really struggle they don't have um they don't have a lot of the stress that other people have they've got a family that loves them but their thoughts make their life suck and then i know people who live some pretty rough and ragged lives they've got a lot of stress they've got a lot of things coming their way that are really hard to deal with and they're very they're very okay with it oftentimes they're happy they're at peace oftentimes they they have joy because of their thoughts. And this is what I mean when I say that our thoughts determine the quality of our lives. Now, before anybody starts getting on me about things like anxiety and depression and mental illness, I've been a therapist for over over a decade now. I, I see a lot of people with anxiety and depression. I deal with anxiety and depression. I know that this is not a magic bullet and that there are extenuating circumstances. But one thing I can tell you is that your thoughts about anxiety, your thoughts about depression, your thoughts about mental illness absolutely impact how those things impact you. So one thing I ask my clients to do fairly often 
is to come up with a problem that is still a problem if you don't have any thoughts about it. You know, your mind can take neutral situations and turn them into problems. I watch how my mind can take difficult situations and turn them into like absolute tragedies if I let it. This is what the mind does. But I consistently come back to recognizing that I don't really have any problems when I don't have thoughts about something. My thoughts can take anything and turn it good, bad, pleasant, unpleasant. Like I said, it can make neutral things bad. It can make difficult things unbearable. And I've watched this over and over again in my life. And one thing I find is that, you know, I do work with my mind. I pay attention to these things and I'm really, I've gotten past a lot of the things that were the most difficult to kind of sort through, but the mind is very subtle. It finds, it finds more and more like intricate ways to kind of mess with you and to kind of, um, kind of shift the way you see things. So when I ask people to come up with a problem that's still a problem when you don't have thoughts about it, I think the most frequent thing people say is probably dying. You know, they'll say, well, dying is a problem, even if you don't have any thoughts about it. But is it? I mean, is dying really a problem? It's something that we're all going to do someday. It's a, it's, it's a natural part of the, of the cycle of being alive. You know, so far we're batting a thousand. Everything that's ever been born has died. So is that really a problem? You know, and I think about that, uh, if you're as old as me, you can remember the Rage Against the Machine cover where the monk's on it. He's on fire. You know, he set himself on fire. I think he was protesting the Vietnam War. I may be wrong. But, you know, for him, death was not a problem. His thoughts about death made it where this was an acceptable thing to do in order to protest this, to make my death mean something. So even something like death changes its tone depending on the thoughts we have about it. And so here at the beginning, I think we also need to talk about that this is not about positive thinking. This is not about toxic positivity. Positive thinking and toxic positivity are where you try to pretend that things are better than they are or that everything is okay and and just refuse to acknowledge that things are not okay. You see this a lot in like religious or new age circles where, uh, you know, they they try to explain away the harder parts of life. Um, You know, uh, oh, the universe has a plan and you just can't see it yet. Um, Your baby died because heaven needed another angel. Yeah, just just stuff like that. And and I, I can't say that either one of those is true or untrue. I don't have access to that information. But I can tell you that whenever I've heard somebody say something along those lines, they have been doing it to avoid dealing with the very hard, difficult thing in front of them. So this is not about trying to pretend. This is not about trying to repress or ignore or avoid the fact that a large part of being human is dealing with difficult things, is dealing with things that we didn't want to happen, is losing people and losing things we care about and pain and suffering. That's part of being alive. There's no way around that. When I think of positive thinking, I think of just simply ignoring those things and just trying to say, nope, this is okay and this is fine. And then I think toxic positivity is like taking that to like another level where when somebody's telling you something that goes wrong and you point out to them all the good things in it. Part of being human is being with our suffering, is being with our pain. And I'm the last person that's going to try to take that from you because I think that is where a lot of our growth and our learning and our evolution is. So not positive thinking, not toxic positivity. It's about something deeper than those things, in my opinion. So what we are talking about is choosing which thoughts we're going to allow to gain traction in our mind, you know, choosing what we're going to dwell on. If you lose someone close to you or you get fired or you get in a car wreck, like those are hard things and you need to like grieve them and work through them. But you can acknowledge 
what's going on. You can be honest with yourself without falling into like despair and hopelessness. That's where you have your power. And what I found over the years is that inside every problem, inside every just difficult narrative in our lives, there's another story. There's another way to look at everything that happens. And when we can train ourselves to do that, it starts to become natural. And as I've mentioned on here a thousand times, it's important that we do that because we have an inherent negativity bias. We need to notice the things that are going wrong because those are the things that could bring us harm. We don't necessarily need to notice all the things that are going right because those things are just kind of working themselves out. So I, I think that most things are neutral. The weather's neutral. Having to drive to work is neutral. All these things that we go through are neutral but we compare them and we find, oh, I'd rather be doing this. Oh, it rained today when I wanted to go to the park or, oh, I didn't want to go to this outdoor wedding today and the weather's nice. So now they're not going to cancel it. Whatever. We always have these, like we're always making assessments and opinionating and that that's where our thoughts kind of get in there and wreck things for us. So I use the example for myself. I, I hate flying. I hate everything about it. I hate the airport. I hate those little tiny seats. I hate being put next to people that I don't know. I get really bad motion sickness like all the time. And so an airplane makes me sick. I hate being on somebody else's schedule. I hate having to wait, you know, for, you know, and depend on somebody else, like, you know, the, the plane being on time and the, just all the things that are outside my control. It's not for me. I don't enjoy any of it, but this does not make flying bad. Like, I'll be very honest with you. If it's within 14 hours, I'd rather drive being straight up honest. If it's, if it's drivable. I'd prefer to drive. Like I'd rather drive to Florida than fly. I'd rather take three days and drive out there. I enjoy driving. I like seeing everything around me. I like meeting people in gas stations and talking to them. I would much rather do that, but that doesn't mean flying is bad. But now I am allowed to look at the good things of flying. Like if I have to fly somewhere, if that's, if that's just the way it's playing out, then there's nothing wrong with me acknowledging that, okay, cool. You know, I can, I can just have some snacks on the plane and I'll be there in like a quarter of the time it would take me to drive. I can sit there. I can read. I can maybe get some work done. I can listen to my audiobook. book. Uh, maybe I'll like the person who sits next to me and I can talk to them. Like I'm allowed to acknowledge all those things and still acknowledge that I don't like flying, that it makes me miserable. And that's not positive thinking. That's not toxic positivity. That's just simply looking for the good in a situation that I'm in. And this is what I think is so important. Like we have to be able to be honest with ourselves and recognize the difference between the situation and our thoughts about the situation. Like the ego will keep us locked into thinking that our thoughts about the situation are the situation. I don't like flying, so therefore flying sucks. My team that I wanted to win didn't win, so this is a shitty situation. That's what the ego does, is it reaches out and it makes everything about us, and so it takes perfectly neutral things and turns them into negative things. Our thoughts can take anything we don't like. Like my thoughts about flying can make it a lot worse if I let them. I can get myself locked into like this rant in my head about everything that's going wrong and why this is bullshit. And I can't believe I'm paying money for this and they don't even have the little peanuts that I like and blah, blah, blah. What's the point in that? Why do that? Why allow myself, why allow my thoughts to pull me to a place where something that I already don't like has to be even worse? That's completely irrational. It makes no sense but our thoughts are doing this to us all the time. I think this is maybe like a little bit worse these days because we are now sucked into these social media environments and like the 24 hour news cycle where like negative things get promoted because they get reaction. And I think we do that to ourselves. You know, like we think you can think a neutral thought and it seems kind of boring, 
but you can think a thought about something about not liking somebody or about how crappy this movie was or whatever. And you'll notice that gains traction. We kind of like thinking about that. It's kind of like poking at like a, at a, at a sore tooth with our tongue or like when you bite the side of your mouth and you just can't quit like poking it. For some reason we do that. Maybe, maybe what Joe Dispenza says, maybe, maybe that's true that we are addicted to stress chemicals. Maybe we just like feeling something over nothing. I don't know. But if we don't watch out, our thoughts will get in there and they will ruin everything everything. And so the the practice I give people who are dealing with a lot of negative thoughts or whose thoughts ruin everything for them is to just learn to ask yourself, what would this situation be like without my thoughts about it? What would I, what would this be if I didn't have all these opinions and beliefs and ideas about how it's supposed to be? How would this be different? And what you're going to find is that things are neutral. I do this with cold showers. Like, uh, you know, y'all all know by now I'm a big proponent of the cold showers, but I'll notice sometimes if I'm not feeling well, or if I'm in a mood, when I'm in that cold shower, what I'm thinking of is, oh, it would just be so nice just to turn it warm or I got to hurry up and get out of here. That makes my suffering worse. When I'm just present, the cold shower is not negative. Cold is not negative. It's not a bad thing. It's a relative thing. A cold shower, like my cold showers are probably warm compared to like the Arctic Ocean, you know? And the warm, sunny days that I enjoy are cold compared to like the sun. Our thoughts are constantly making rel- taking relative things and making them seem like they're absolutes. And when they do that in the negative, we get ourselves sideways with every situation we encounter. And so learning to ask yourself, what would this be like without my thoughts about it? Our cars were broken down. Well, one car was broken down, so Barbara had my truck. And so for, for about a week or two, I would go pick May up on my bike with the bike trailer. Now, when I compared it to just driving over there and picking her up and how easy it was, that seemed negative. There's nothing wrong with riding my bike, like like half a mile. That's how far away her daycare is. There's nothing wrong with riding my bike on a nice sunny day to go pick up my daughter. There's nothing wrong on some of the days we're pretty cold to go pick her up. It's just cold. But the mind wanted to turn it into a thing. When I would just let it be neutral, I'd actually enjoy the bike ride. I actually kind of miss doing it now. Every once in a while, I'll go pick her up on the bike just for fun. There's a strong element of mindfulness here, of using the non-judgment, of just asking ourselves, is this actually bad, or am I just comparing it to something else? Are my thoughts making this unbearable, or is it actually unbearable? And what you're going to find is that almost everything is neutral. Almost everything is neutral. The thoughts make it not neutral. Even the tough things, because there are tough things in life. There are things that are hard to sort through. That's part of being alive. But the mind takes tough things and turns them into tragedies if you don't watch out. So just try that practice. When you're unhappy this week, stop and ask yourself, what would this be like without my thoughts about it? I know it's weird. I've had people really like kind of uh, get upset with me about this because it's, it's such a weird concept to ask yourself, what would this be like without my thoughts about it? But once you start doing it, you'll start to notice just how often your mind gets in there and messes things up you'll start to notice just how much your thoughts are dragging down the quality of your life. Not your life itself, not the things happening, but your thoughts about those things. So give it a try and see, see, see what you notice about how your mind is tinting reality. All right. So like I said, this is the first part in the series on thoughts. I'll put a link to the landing page for the newsletter in the show notes, and you'll get that on Monday where we're going to talk about you are not your thoughts. This is a really important one because so many of us have trouble separating ourselves from our thoughts because we think we are our mind. And this comes from like the, just the, we've idolized 
the intellect. And so it's taken on a disproportionate role in our lives. So we're going to look at that in the newsletter, and then they will go back to the podcast and the newsletter and then the big long blog. So stay tuned if you think any of that could be useful for you. I think that there's nothing more useful than getting control of your thoughts, starting to recognize where your thoughts are running the show. And so I will look forward to continuing to talk about this in the next few weeks. Remember, ask yourself, what would this be like without my thoughts about it? And see what kind of possibilities open up. It's, it really is a pretty revolutionary practice for our lives. As always, I appreciate you listening. I will look forward to talking to you in two weeks. Take care.